time for the Burning River Sportscast. Cue the funeral procession. Dearly beloved, we gather here to say our goodbyes. Here she lies, we had to see it through. The late great season of 22. On these nights, we used to celebrate with you. In Madeline, old town of Cleveland, we raise our glass. You beat our ass to La Joe Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Rest easy, Cleveland. R.I.P. In the name of Graham, Sype, and Kozar. Amen. Amen. All but eliminated from the playoffs. Where do we go from here? We'll break it down for you next on the Burning River Sportscast. He likes it when his nipples get hard. (laughs) It's weird, man. I like to take pictures of hot girls on the beach that doesn't make me a photographer you heard it here first well you won't hear it here until thursday so you heard it somewhere else first <laughs> ingvar kampard elmtard agenyard that sounds explicit oh honey take a picture oh dead um <laughs> hang glide an accident what an idiot idiot Welcome into the Burning River Sportscast, presented by Tappan Media, unofficially the number one international bronze po- Browns podcast, as we've now been downloaded on three separate continents. I'm Kenny Thunder, alongside the only man ever to cure himself of tertiary syphilis and beat Method Man in a game of Pictionary at the same time. His pronouns are kick and ass, the one and only Red Hot Ronnie Jams. Ronnie! <laughs> where, where can our friends find the podcast? Man, I'm the most interesting man alive, I, I have to say. Uh, they can find our podcast wherever they get their podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Castro, and so many more. Oh, Kenny, how was your weekend? Did you look at the Liver King this weekend? <laughs> Liver King. That was wild, man. <laughs> that dude's crazy. Who's um. the liver? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, but weekend was fine. And season three of Seinfeld, it's really picking up. It's hit its, yeah, it's, you, hit its stride now. Did you did you hit uh, uh, Soup Nazi? No, but it like the first two seasons, I was kind of like, I don't get the, what the big deal is. But by season three, it's kind of hit its stride, and it's funny now. So okay. there's that. What about you? Are you a are you a huge Seinfeld fan now? No, no. Okay. I just it it finally like clicked like the characters, and now that I like know them a bit, and it's. It's funnier than it was. Yeah. So it wasn't very funny to start. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, for me, it was, uh, you know, we're <clears throat> continuing to try and get into a rhythm with the baby. Um, and I just, you know, just real quick, hats off to all the new parents out there. It's tough. It's hard. I know it's hard. It's it, it, it's challenging in all facets. Um, and I just want to say 
you're not alone. There's other, there's other parents, other new parents out there that are struggling through it. And, and just everything that you're going through is normal. How hard is it? We don't have enough time. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's, it, it's, <sighs> it was like a Seinfeld joke. <sighs> well, <laughs> <laughs> and what's the deal with airline food? I don't know, but but no, I mean it's 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 still going well at the same time. I mean it's great. Our, yeah, I mean you have a Nori, baby, right? Nori's uh, an amazing little girl, so um, you know it's it's been great. But it's just hats off to all the new parents. How are you dealing with the poop on your hands? Oh, there's lots of poops, literally on your hands. It's just another <laughs> human's poop on your hands. Oh yeah, it's projectile most of the time. That's what they don't tell you. Do you got to catch it? You just got to make sure the diaper's still up while you're changing, just in case. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I guess I mean now that we've talked about baby poop and and other things, uh, Seinfeld being mediocre, um, contrary to popular belief. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Browns and how their playoff hopes are officially dead, we, as you mentioned. Do we have to? We do have to. Unfortunately, we're a Browns podcast. The number one international Browns podcast. Unofficially. (laughs) Unofficially. (laughs) But yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. The week 14 recap. Cincinnati Bengals this week. Division game. Look, I don't care. Let's just run through this piece because... I, I know that we're going to spend a lot of time bitching about everything else. All right. So we'll start with the Bengals like we always do. Uh, we start with the opponent. The offense, uh, Joe Burrow, 18 of 34 for 239 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. I mean, he wasn't – he didn't light the place up. Nope, but he beat us. He beat us. Uh, Joe Mixon, 14 carries, 96 yards, two catches, 10 yards. Couldn't stop the run. <laughs> Could not stop Joe Mixon. No. Uh, Samaji P. Ru- P. Ryan, um, four rushes, 22 yards, a touchdown. He had kind of a bad game, actually. I was, I expected to see him. He just kept dropping balls, which was unusual. But. Yeah. Well, I think it probably threw him off. He probably had trouble getting a rhythm, seeing as uh, last week he was, you know, the feature back with mixing out and everything. As, as He was just so good the last two weeks coming into this game. Yeah. But he beat us. Uh, he beat us. Uh, Jamar Chase, 10 catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that guy's pretty good. I don't know why we decided not to cover that guy all day, but. Well, oh, we tried. We'll get to that. Literally, the other two receivers didn't play, so. Denzel Ward tried, but unaffectively um trenton irwin whoever that guy is two catches 58 yards and a touchdown and as you mentioned t higgins and uh boyd both did not play in this one but it trenton, didn't matter trenton irwin looks like thrift store <laughs> i'm gonna pop some tags <laughs> thrift store trevor lawrence trevor lawrence oh nice um And then the bengals defense they got two sacks they had one interception but i mean it was nothing they didn't they, just like Joe Burrow, they didn't light it up, but they did enough to beat the Browns. So the interception came at a bad time because yeah. we were trying to get back into it. But yeah, rusty. So let's go ahead and head over to the Cleveland side of things. Uh, usually we start with coaching. Uh, we're going to hold off on that for a minute because we've got a lot to say about them. So we will save that for last. Um, so let's start with the offense. Deshaun Watson, twenty six of forty two for two hundred and seventy six yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Uh, looked much better this week, I would say. 
Um, it's good. I mean, it's what we needed, right? To see improvement out of Deshaun week to week and hopefully continues, you know, on a solid linear trajectory upward. Yeah. And I will say this. I know there's still a lot of Browns fans out there that are kind of trashing Deshaun and thinking, Oh, we spent $230 million on this. Uh, they're going to, they're going to bitch and complain like they do. I mean, we're, we're Browns fans and we're frustrated right now. So everybody's going to have something. Um, but I mean, honestly, in this game, he showed me enough to where I think that, not that he was back to form by any means, but there, there was flashes in this game where I was like, oh, yeah, that quarterback's still in there. So, yeah, I mean, look, I I think it's it's really early still. I think we talked about it last week. It's going to take probably through the end of the season just for him to get his bearings back. And that's especially at this point now without being in the playoff hunt. That's kind of all we have to look forward to for the rest of the year. But Look, it was it was another solid step in his development in, in this offense. Yep. yep, I agree. So uh, next up, Nick Chubb, 14 carries. Notice he didn't get 20. Uh, 34 yards, by far his worst game this season, but I wouldn't say that's all his fault. You can't really establish a rhythm when you get the ball in the most obscure and nonsensical situations <laughs> during the game. Like, it just doesn't even make sense when we give Nick Chubb the ball. Are you questioning play calling? Absolutely. <laughs> A hundred percent. How dare you? Oh my God. Again, we'll get to Stefanski here soon. Freaking Stefanik. Oh, I hate him. Uh, Kareem Hunt, four carries, six yards, two catches, six yards. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what to say. Yep, keep yeah. Keep it rolling. Uh, Amari Cooper, two catches for 42 yards. He was dealing with a hip injury. Um, and, and so far he just really hasn't been able to get anything going with Watson. Um, you know, he had, he had really, really good chemistry all year long with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, but I think that's one of those things that's just going to come with time. Like we talked about. So hopefully, um, yeah. And sounds like just after the game, they had said that he hurt, he re-aggravated his hip injury on the very first play. So yeah, so never good. Kudos to him for toughing it out. Yep, never, never good when you when you have an injury coming into the game that you're trying to play through and you aggravate it on the first play of the game <laughs> and <laughs> continue good. to play through it. Uh, so w- thank you for doing that at least, uh, showing some effort. There's not many guys on the Browns team right now that are showing a lot of effort. So <laughs> uh, DPJ eight catches, 114 yards, another solid game out of him. So um, he's he's definitely coming on, and I, I think that. It's a we can officially say that DPJ has proven himself as a number two receiver at this point. Yeah, I think he's I think he's a solid number two option, and he'll he'll he's getting closer to thousand yards on the season, which I think would be a nice milestone for him yeah. for this year. So um, well, I'm just really excited because before the season started, if you remember, I mean that was one of the big questions. Sure, receiver, we're like. What? Well, really, DPJ is going to be your guy that's going to step up and and uh, oh, after 14 weeks, I mean, when we think about the things that are wrong with the Browns or the things that are huge question marks, I'm no longer concerned about the receivers. Nope. They're they're not, they're not very deep after that, so injuries no. would be a concern. But Amari is a solid number one. He's been he's been strong all year long. DPJ has come on very nicely. And they probably need a number three to be, um, which I did so some kind of versatile number three. But I didn't put him on the list this week. But uh, David Bell had another three three catch game. He's he's starting to see the ball a lot more. So 
Yeah, and, and so I don't know if he's if he's that guy or not. We'll see. But um, but they definitely need some depth there. But I'm not concerned as I once was. And I think that this offense is absolutely good enough to win with those guys, plus, yeah, and, plus your tight ends. Yeah, I was going to say, and the fact that David Njoku is absolutely, as long as he's on the field, he's earning his paycheck. Sure. Um, that, that definitely helps. He had seven catches for 59 yards and a touchdown in this one. So yeah, a good bounce-back game after, after being out for a week. And I think uh, the Chief... And Joku can can do more actually. I mean, I think I think he's still being underutilized, which I agree. We'll talk about coaches again in a second. But there's a lot of people on our team that are being underutilized. <laughs> but there's no reason why this guy could not be as productive as uh, Kelsey or Kittle. Um, he has all the physical tools. Well, if even even if he's not, because those are, I mean, you, you cherry picked obviously the top two guys in the league. If he's a step down, like just one step down from them, but I don't see why he couldn't be as on on their same tier. I, I mean, he's every bit as a uh, is he's as probably faster athletic and, as those guys. He's probably more athletic, faster, and stronger than both of those guys. Uh, he's definitely more ripped. <laughs> <laughs> That dude's just a specimen, and he never has clothes on. Do you do you need to tell us something, Ronnie? No, not at all. I'm just saying, like every game, every pregame show that I turn on, they're like, and Joku's out here in negative three degree weather, just no shirt. Just he likes it when his nipples get hard. That's <laughs> weird, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, with with the complimentary receivers that we have, with with uh, Amari Cooper at number one, like you said, DPJ at number two. Uh, and Joku at the tight end, and then if we could just have a, somebody step up as the number three, you're right. I'm, I mean, I'm not worried at all with our receiving core. No, because even if even if they don't get that number three, like they're they're good Th- that's enough. That's solid. Yeah, that's pretty solid. They're good enough for for Deshaun to yeah. to spread the ball around. I agree, and because you also have good running backs. Yep, and then the offensive line in this uh, gave up two sacks, only able to pave the way for 71 yards rushing. But I don't put that completely on them that's a lot of play calling we threw the ball 42 times for some reason even though we were in the game um but i will say that the the offensive line in this one to me at least for a good chunk of this game looked pretty much outmatched and and just bad yeah so you said we're not going to put this on them i I mean not completely on them not completely but i think we've been I think we've been too light on the offensive line this season. Um, I was just actually looking, um, talking with a friend today, and the Browns' offensive line has graded second worst in the league since week nine. Holy shit. <laughs> so certainly losing Ethan Pochick. I take it back. They are trash right now. <laughs> Ethan Pochick hurt, but Jed Wills is a turnstile. Jack Conklin, look, <laughs> I, I appreciate. It's always good when you call linemen turnstiles. I appreciate the effort. Um, but he's been banged up and just hasn't been the same player. Um, Yelta Froholt has been doing his best, but he's but just you not, love his name. He's just not. Yeah, because he sounds like a Viking. Um, <laughs> Froholt. Did you see? He put, he tweeted something this week because uh, the picture that they put up on his name on the broadcast was like not him. And he's like, who is this guy? <laughs> Can put that up there. Can you find it? I'll try. Find it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, but, but Tonio's good, and and Wyatt Teller's been good. But Teller's even been banged up a little bit. But this offensive line just is it's well regarded because of the names that are there. Um, but it hasn't been that good this year. You know what I'm getting tired of? This is just over the course of uh, coincidentally, since Kevin Stefanski has been our coach, is every year we have an offensive line that's touted as one of the best in the league, and it seems like by week. 12, 13, 14 every season. We're like, 
our offensive line is god awful, <laughs> <laughs> and there's no depth. That's also an Andrew Barry problem. I agree, and but I, it, like I said, it's just it, it actually is somewhat of a coincidence since that it's been since Kevin Stefanski has been here. But um, yeah, I mean we we need depth there, and we don't have it. And in every, it's weird because I know you could say, well, what do you mean we don't have any depth? We're on our third center, and <laughs> he ended up being a Pro Bowl caliber center, and then he went down too. But yeah. The fact is, everywhere around the rest of the offensive line, we don't have a lot of depth. And once a few guys go down, we're we're kind of screwed. And it's going to be a question mark next year because it'll be interesting to see what they do with Jed Wills' option. It'll be interesting to see if Jack Conklin comes back. My guess is he won't at this point. Um, and who's going to be your center next year? I mean, does, does Pochick come back? Is he going to be around? Um, Nick Harris was slated to be the starter and he got hurt. So who knows how he comes back from injury? Think Joe Thomas can throw on a hundred pounds and come back for us. Uh, no, no, no. He's got to be better than Jed Wills. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think, mean, even at the weight he's at now, he's got to be better than Jed Wills. I just think like the left tackle on this football team is, isn't on the team today. So you got to find that guy and you also have question marks at center and right tackle. So that's a tall order when you don't have any first round draft picks. It's yeah, it's going to be a difficult um, task to replace, to, to figure out what the right composition is there. Yep. Uh, so that's the offense. Uh, go over to the defensive side. Miles Garrett. We'll talk about him soon. He had a pretty good game. Uh, Jadavion Clowney seemed more active and disruptive this week, but it didn't matter. Nope. Um, we lost. Deion Jones, four tackles and an interception. And uh, our secondary actually looked pretty good, except for Denzel Ward trying to cover Jamar Chase, which was uh, just tough to watch. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to say, but I was just – every time I looked up, Jamar Chase had another catch, and I was just like – Ward just was, was falling all over himself trying to cover him. It was disappointing because they've matched up so well against those Bengals receivers the last few times we've played – um, but yeah, it was, it was ugly. Jamar Chase clearly is one of the best or if not the best wide receiver in the game right now. Justin Jefferson's pretty good, but yeah, but you expect um, a Denzel Ward with the contract that he has. Well, yeah, he's to, your, if, I'm not even saying yeah. you've got a, you've got to blank him or anything like that, but you, you have to at least put up a fight. I mean, the dude had 118 yards or whatever I just said. So yeah, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, um, and it yeah. wasn't just he had a hundred and hundred and some yards and a touchdown or whatever you know whatever the numbers were I don't know if he had a touchdown but he had a hundred and some yards. It wasn't just that. Like I said, it was painful to watch at times. I was like, "What is Denzel Ward doing?" He would just like, well, and then and and then they also got burned on the flea flicker um, <laughs> to to thrift store Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that was not good. Um, but I mean, the rest of the secondary though, besides Ward, I mean, they were playing a bunch of scrubs, but they they held him in check. So. I mean, you look at uh, uh, Joe Burrow only had 239 <clears throat> yards passing. So. Yeah, fair. Um, special teams, Cade York, one for one field goals, uh, one for one extra point. Wasn't allowed to try the long <laughs> kick at halftime, uh, just before halftime. And that was one of the greatest moments I've seen <laughs> in a broadcast is you could clearly read his lips and uh, he actually said to the coach, somebody told him, they said, oh, it's a record field goal. And he says, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he's just like sitting there, arms out, like, why? Why? Like, what? 
Why? I'm I'm torn on this because Cade York is must see TV. So I appreciate the fact that he wanted to boot it. Um, but I also have watched <laughs> Cade York um, kick low short kicks <laughs> for the last four weeks and have three of them blocked. So uh, I could see the hesitancy on Kevin Stefanik's part to be like, uh, I mean, how low does that got to come off your foot to kick it 70 yards? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't... It, but, if I'm Cade York, I'm demanding a trade. <laughs> Past the trade said, deadline, I'm demanding a trade right now. That being said, Cade York is must-see TV, and he should have got a chance to kick it. There was, I mean, what do you have to lose at that point? I mean... An, an incomplete pass? <laughs> right. Like, it, <laughs> instead of instead of kicking, trying for the 70-yard field goal, which we know, regardless of whether or not it might be blocked, you know he has the leg to kick that. Instead True. of trying that, we go with a probably 1% chance of... of of getting a Hail Mary to fall into someone's Well, house. and this is late in the season, too. You don't have a ton of opportunities like that um, in this part of the country, but the weather was pretty fair that day. Yeah. Um, so um, it was yeah. it was probably worth a shot. I, you know, I don't know. Like, you drafted the guy in, what, the fourth round, and uh, that was the talk all camp long was, this guy can kick it from 71. What gets me is all during the f- whole first part of the season, we had no problem trying to put the game on Katie York's shoulders <laughs> from, 60 from yards. 55, <laughs> 60, 65 yards. But then when you get to a halftime against the Bengals in week 14, when we're probably not making the playoffs anyways, you decide, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I think it might be a bad idea. Just more, more Stefanik think. Maybe Stefanik was just saving Cade York from himself because if he had missed it, it would have plummeted his confidence meter. Oh, yeah. When you look at Cade <laughs> York on the sideline begging to kick the ball, you could tell he's got no confidence. Um, anyways, our punter, uh, I, I decided to put him on here again this week because he averaged 51.5 yards per punt on four punts. His long was 65. Um, and I, I, I thought it was just something to point out that we seemingly have all the pieces including always winning the field position battle, but it never seems to matter. We always end up losing the game somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've owned time of possession in just about every game this year. I think all but two. Like, significantly. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it doesn't matter. We lose. Yeah, we're the, so... We're the worst. So, with that being said, that will take us into coaching now so we could actually have a discussion about these things. So, let's start... Well, do you want to finish up just with the overall stuff real quick, and then we can just... Because we're going to probably just rant here. All right, I guess I could do the overall. So the overall, the total yards, Browns 344 to Bengals 363. Time of possession, Browns 3152 to Bengals 2808. And it was just a piss poor showing in a divisional game with your playoff hopes on the line. Um, we could probably cut it off there. I just didn't know if you wanted to hit that stuff because I think all this rolls together, the rest of this. All right, we'll, we'll go there. We'll, and then we'll jump into the coaches here. So let's start with Mike Prefer. Still trash. Absolute trash. Like that roughing the punter, that changed the momentum of the entire game. There was just no reason for it. Why? And I don't even blame like Tony Fields. Like, like I do a little because you shouldn't <laughs> run into the punter. That's like rule one. But like your coach should probably yeah. be telling well, you Well, like that. who called it? You were going to get the ball back at midfield. They were, they were punting out of the shadow of their own goalpost. Why? 
Did you? Did we're you, playing a team that's clearly better than us. So what do we do? We take some chances <laughs> early on when we're still in the game. <laughs> I mean, you turn you turn Tony Fields from a hero to a zero this week. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, I just to your point, like who made the call? Who who ordered the code red? <laughs> yeah, like he. <laughs> You talk about turning him from a hero to zero. He literally got crucified on on Twitter this week. I mean, he straight up tackled the punter. You can't do that. Can't do that. I don't know what that was. I was just like, you can't. But it wasn't like he was alone. He was the only one that tackled the punter. Like <laughs> he's he's the only one that went full horizontal into the punter. But there was three other guys on each side. Why? What for? What purpose did that serve to bring the heat on that punt? The game wasn't on the line. It was because early in the game. It was time. You were going to get the ball back with good field position. Uh, Mike Prefer doing Mike Prefer things. But instead you say, yeah, let's just go tackle the punter. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. And things got worse from there. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say for Mike Prefer besides he's just trying. No, he's, he's got to be he's got to be let go at the end of the season. The end of the season? He, look, we, we've been well, saying we, for weeks yeah, that he should have been let go. But it, they're clearly proven that if you want to keep your job through – an entire NFL season, make sure you're working under Kevin Stefanski because he <laughs> fires nobody during the season. Yeah, him and Andrew Barry. There's no they're, accountability They're whatsoever. cut from the same cloth there. But yeah, we've said he should have been fired all year, but they're, they're clearly not going to fire him right now. So at the end of the season, like that should be staff move number one. Prefer see ya. Yeah, speaking of dudes that need to be fired, Joe Woods, hashtag fire Joe Woods. Um, I think that's just his name now, hashtag fire Joe Woods. Hashtag fire Joe Woods. Um <clears throat> I mean, like, the defense didn't look as bad as it has looked. Still couldn't stop the but run. But they couldn't stop the run. Like, why Why is it hard to stop the damn run? Like, put, put nine people in the box. I don't care. And if they if we turn if we turn around and start losing to the pass every week, I'll be like, well, at least we stopped the run. <laughs> like, I don't care. Um, and, and they got burned on the flea flicker. Right. Like, it's it's a flea flicker. It's like the easiest, like, how? Why? Like, I can't even remember the last time I saw a flea flicker work. The only time Before I've that. seen it work anytime recently is it, it works, but it works for, like, 15 yards. Like, they throw a pass underneath because everybody, like, all the safeties drop back, and they're like, hey, you ain't getting us, and they throw it for, like, 15 yards. Yeah, because the defensive back's eyes usually are in a backfield, and they go, oh, shoot, he just pitched it back. They're yeah, going to throw like, it. Yeah. Deep is the deepest. Okay. Those Not, are my keys. No says I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I yeah, don't know. Staff move number two, the day the season ends is Joe Woods. See ya. Yeah. He's, he's done. So he's, he's gotta be right. Hashtag fire Joe Woods. Hashtag this is where Joe things Woods. I think get really interesting because if we're making the case that we have to fire coaches for the other two phases of the game, where does that leave Kevin Stefanski? Kevin Stefanski's got to go. <laughs> I mean, friggin' Stefanik. I'm just so done with this. I don't even really have words for Kevin Stefanik. Let me just run down a list of things that I wrote down from this game. This game. This is one single game. Oh boy. <laughs> Fourth and one on our first possession. We bring in Jacoby. Jacoby Brissett. And what do we do? Fade? <laughs> we throw a fade? Naturally. Why did we even bring in Jacoby Brissett if we're going to throw a fade on fourth and one? Dude's cold, hasn't been in the game at all, and we threw a fade? It's just, and it's almost just not fair to. Why? And it's not fair to either quarterback because. No. A, like, Jacoby is. You mean to tell me analytics are telling me <laughs> that the best way to pick up that first down <laughs> is to throw off. The rhythm of both quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, not that Jacoby had any to start with because he is his only play of the game. 
but to throw off Watson's rhythm and you're saying bringing in Jacoby and trying a fade on fourth and one yeah. is the best analytical move that I, you could have made there. I mean, just put yourself in the mindset of both quarterbacks. Jacoby saying, okay, like I'm playing my part. I sh- I'm showing up every day and I'm working hard to get Deshaun ready because I know the offense and I know that he's still trying to pick up everything. So I accept I've taken on your backup role and now you just want to th- toss me into the game for a gadget play for no reason. And if you're Deshaun, think about what's going through his mind right now. You paid me $230 million to come here with 25 sexual assault allegations. <laughs> like there's a reason I'm here Yeah, and you're going to take me out of the game on the most important play of the drive. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Makes sense. Like, and, and talk about you know uh, Deshaun's coming back after not playing football for a couple of years. Like, what what would that have done for Deshaun's confidence? For example, Did if they ran a QB down? sneak, yeah. and he got it, sure, and he's he's fired up, ready to go, and we got it first and goal. No. We didn't want that. We wanted to throw a fade. Not only do we throw a fade, by the way, <laughs> we threw it to to the end zone. To I believe it was DPJ, right? Yeah, I think so. And. Yeah, so how? let me just ask this first, because I'm going to get to this again in a second. How tall is DPJ? 6'1", I think. So he's not like the biggest receiver, right? He might be 6'2", but he's lanky. But he's not like the biggest receiver. No, he's, like not, he's, he's not traditional jump ball guy. Right. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into my next play that I want to address. Fourth and goal towards the end of the game. We still got a chance to possibly maybe get back into it. Uh, what did we do? We throw a 50-50 jump ball to DPJ in the corner of the end zone. Why? Yeah, I never... That's the best you could come up with on fourth and goal? I never like goal uh, goal line fade on it, well, with, I, the, with the game on the line. Well, yeah, I don't care if you throw one of those. That, on, that exact play on is first down. fine on first down. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't mind that play, but I don't mind that play on like first or second down. Like yeah. you take your shot. And then you run the offense. You don't. Why are you throwing a jump ball to DPJ, who's not a jump ball guy, on fourth and goal? Well, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. On first, on first and goal, you want to throw the end zone fade to to Njoku because you can jump over people. Then fine, right? That's the guy he's, you throw the fade your to jump as well. Ball guy. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, even throw it to Amari. He's a bigger, more physical receiver than yeah. DPJ. Like, yeah, what are we doing? Separation. I know DPJ zone. had a good game, but. Good Lord. Like, what, he's not the guy to do that. And even to their credit, to both guys' credit, so when you think about coaching and what your job is, it's to put your players in the best situation to be successful. Way to go, idiot. And Deshaun <laughs> delivered a pretty good ball, and Desha- and DPJ was able to get his hands on it. He just couldn't come down with it. Yep. So, like, they, they did as good a job as they could being put in a tough spot with the game on the line. But the, that play... Is 50-50. Like, there's yeah. a reason that's literally what they call it, a 50-50 play, because yeah. you could have you could run it perfectly, and they pretty much did, and still not come up with it, because it's just, uh, that's not a very high percentage throw. Yeah. Analytics, man. They get you every time. Uh, Deep Podesta. Next one, we already talked about it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back around to it. Didn't give Cade York a shot at the end of the half. Why did we draft, draft Cade the Cannon? <laughs> If you aren't going to let him kick. Cade York peppermint patties. Why? Like, why is he on the team? I just want to, why is he, why is he on our team? You spend a draft pick on him. Yeah. Why did you spend a draft pick on a kicker when you don't give him a chance to win the game? Okay. Not win the game in this case, but it, you don't give him a chance to kick the field goal that he was drafted to kick. Like, what do we say all the time? He can kick 70 yarders. Well, and we just talked about his confidence too, right? So what better way to give a guy a chance to, to make a, an ego play than to do it on a play that doesn't matter. 
Right. I mean, if he nails it from 68, well, I mean, that shoots you through the roof. Yeah. If you miss it, you go, hey, it was before halftime, it was a 68-yard field goal. Right. That's what I was just about to say, is, is, is there's only good outcomes can come. Yeah. I mean, but the, the only bad outcome, the only bad outcome is they block it and run it back for a touchdown, which, which I don't put past the Browns. Could happen on a Mike Pre for special teams unit. Correct. But at the same time, like, the good far outweighs the bad in this. Because like you said, we're not supposed to win this game anyways. Um. His if if you are talking about Katie York's confidence, his confidence goes through the roof if he makes that. Yeah. We get all of the momentum in the game. Yep. Yeah, because you doubled it before halftime. Yeah. And the only thing that comes from it being blocked and, and here's the other thing is even if it is blocked, the chances of it being run back for a touchdown are low. So Yeah, because Cade's really fast. He would track him down. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it just di- didn't make any sense. Apparently, again, analytics. I I they're above me, above my pay grade. I don't know what the analytics tell you on that, but apparently it's to throw a Hail Mary that's got less than 1% <laughs> chance to, to land. So Stefanik loves those jump balls. Yeah, what an idiot. Um, <clears throat> here we go. Here's the big elephant in the room that we talk about every single damn week, and he still can't get it through his head. Nick Chubb had 14 carries in this. It was a game that was close pretty much throughout until probably the beginning of the fourth quarter, and... Nick Nick Chubb had 14 carries. Even with him bottled up most of the the first half of the game, why would you abandon the run in a close game like that? Well, and the thing is, is Nick Chubb's one of those backs that gets stronger as the game goes on. He's had some games this year where he was bottled up early, and game teams were scheming against him because he was he's clearly our best weapon. Yeah, but then he breaks one for 25. Or like and, 60. And changes the game. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what he does. There's, there's been probably a handful of games this year where he's only got like 40 or 50 yards going into the, the last quarter, and then he ends the game with 130, 140, 150 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. The stat is pretty simple. 20 carries. 20 carries. 20 carries. 20 carries. 20 carries. Stefanik, 20 carries. Hey, Stefanski, 20 carries. 20 carries. 20 carries. <laughs> I... And what's so frustrating is it's this isn't a secret because we talked about last week, Howie Long at halftime was saying, watch well, the Burning River Sportscast n- and then repeated <laughs> Nick Chubb gets 20 carries, they win. And throughout this entire game, I forget who was on the call. It was Gumble and Archuleta maybe. And Arch kept saying, it's bizarre to me that Nick Chubb only has five. It sounded like a fancy soup, Gumble and Archuleta. <laughs> <laughs> like the law firm of Gumble and Archuleta. Yeah, something. Um, <laughs> He was like, it's baffling to me that Nick Chubb has five carries before halftime. And then later in the second... It's baffling in the second, to everybody. In the second half, he said, it's baffling to me that Nick Chubb only has 11 carries right now. Like, he couldn't figure out... He was like, he's your best weapon. So when the guys that are calling the game, the guys that don't watch you every week, know that he's your best weapon, like... You're the coach. You see him every day in practice. You know how special he is. Kevin, how do you how do you not give him the ball? Kevin Stefanski's just so damn smart. And instead of running the ball twenty times, we decided we were going to throw it forty two times with a quarterback <laughs> that's still rusty as hell because he's been off for two years. That's the game plan. That's the game plan. I don't know. And then finally, finally, there's there's still another point. You thought that was enough. It probably is, but this, you know, there's still one more. How many timeouts can you just absolutely waste in a game? There was at least three in this game where I was like, why are we taking a timeout right now? What was the point of that? Two in the first quarter, I believe. 
uh, if I'm not mistaken, two in the third quarter. So you're you're down to one timeout going into <laughs> the the second and fourth. And they quarter. needed it this week. Yeah, and yeah, good job, good job, Stefanik. When's the last time we ended a game and we said? Phew. Stefanski was on it on the clock management tonight. I don't think we've ever ended a game where <laughs> I thought, man, it was a good job. Good job, buddy. I mean, it's okay. So maybe that's one of those things that goes unnoticed in a win. But I would like to think that if you manage it expertly, that we would pick up on that. And I can't remember a single time. You know what probably happens is he's so busy calling plays that he forgets about the defense, the special teams, and the timeouts. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, he doesn't care about the other two phases of the game or anything else. So literally anything else. Um, and now, and now it's getting even worse because the one thing that we've always leaned on is he's, he's got great play calling. Well, I just gave you about 14 examples of why his play calling was shit this week. I, and I think his play calling has been shit most weeks. I've got, the, I've got a migraine. <laughs> <laughs> the first drive of the game, he, that man can script a first drive except for when you throw a fade on uh, well, fourth and one i don't that probably wasn't scripted but um <laughs> i hope not you should never script that his scripts have been good but outside of that all i've seen all year long is questionable play calling i haven't i haven't again with the last time you get done with the game and you go kevin called a great game do you, do you think that's what they do in practice is they literally only practice the first drive that's it it must be because they're real good at it. And then after that, it, it all goes to hell. They just run the same plays out of different formations <laughs> the rest of the game. <laughs> that's just a fancy. That's what's on his play card. Um, look, yeah, here's, here's the it's thing. It's just bad. Um, I, don't, I don't call for a coach's job lightly. It's just no. Prefer and, and Joe Woods have earned that over time because they've been trash. They, they haven't done anything good. Yeah. Stefanski gets some credit for the job he did with Baker Mayfield, the job he did with Jacoby. We'll see what he does with Deshaun. He gets some credit because people have liked wrinkles in his offense. Um, And there is something to continuity. When you look at the teams that have been good for the last 20 years in the league, and you look at the New England Patriots and the fact that they haven't had turnover at the head coach position and didn't at the quarterback position. Steelers. When you look at the Steelers and you say, okay, you had one from Bill Coward to Mike Tomlin, and that's that's it. Those guys have been entrenched there. Um, even teams like Indianapolis when Peyton Manning was there went from uh, Tony Dungy basically that entire time. Um, uh, um, I'm blanking on the guy in Green Bay that was with Aaron Rodgers for a long time, um, Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Um, like, And those were teams that year in and year out were perennial uh, you know, playoff contenders, Super Bowl contenders, no matter what, just because they had that continuity. So there is something to that. But I also know that y- you can't just keep doing the same thing wrong over and over and over again. Um, it's, it's like that's that's a, a problem. Um, and we went through that with Hugh Jackson, continuity for continuity's sake. And that didn't get you anywhere because Hugh nope. Jackson was never going to take you to the playoffs. So... Again, I say I don't call for a coach's, especially a head coach's job, lightly. But th- are you calling for it now, though? Like we've kind of been like joking about it, like for the last few weeks. Like I'm so frustrated with Kevin Stefanski, this and that. Look, I think Kevin Stefanski is fundamentally a part of the problem on this team. 
Yeah, and and I, I think agree. and I think Andrew Barry what I think shares it goes, a lot of the fault. Yeah, I think it, for for Stefanski, I think it, it like goes all the way to his attitude and like his approach in in interviews and things like that is like we've mentioned it a number of times this year where um, after the game after a loss like that he comes in and the the facade that he is he's so smug he's so like ah well you know. Like he's the smartest guy in the room and, and that he's going to figure it out and that there's nobody better for the job than him. Well, and he just continues to say nothing. He's, he's Pat Shermer in a press conference. <laughs> um, Kevin Stefanski is like if Pat Shermer and Freddie Kitchens had a baby. Oh, man. Um, Those aren't guys you want to be. Speaking of Freddie Kitchens, I'll venture to say this. I think if you start really looking at Stefanski and look at his body of work, um, I, I do think it's fireable on a lot of a lot of cases and i'll go over a couple of those things here in a second but i will say this i think the only reason kevin stefanski still has a job um is because like i think if he looked like freddie kitchens and talked like <laughs> freddie kitchens because he's handsome well i just think he 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 plays a different personality right he looks smart he sounds smart he people think he's thoughtful if he sounded like a dumb cowboy they'd have been like what are you doing? You couldn't figure out how to use Odell Beckham. You ran him out of town. Yep. You, you, you couldn't find a spot for, for Jarvis Landry. He was unhappy and had to leave. Um, you know, let's not even talk about Baker because I think he's beside the point right now. Um, but you can't figure out to give Nick Chubb the ball 20 times a game. You can't figure out that your best, your most impactful plays on offense this year came when Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were on the field together. No one can stop that. I, have, I don't think I've seen that. Since like more than two, maybe one play a game since like week two, yeah. But there wasn't a play where those guys were on the field together that they could be stopped. Um, no, and so you think about players only meetings in week two of the season, you think about the toxicity in the locker room last year with the receivers and your quarterback. What are you managing? What are you managing? And in three years, you've made the playoffs once, you're going to miss it twice, and um, like. I just, when you watch that team on Sunday, ask yourself, or on Saturday this week, ask yourself, like, does that team look like they want to play for this coaching staff? I mean, yeah, I agree with you. And so far this season, for I would say the majority of the games, I would say no. It just seems – I'll get – you know what? I'll just – should I run down my the rest of my – Sure. Okay, so – all means. Yeah, so, like, you know, we, we talked about it ad nauseum to this point. It was a piss-poor showing in a divisional game with your playoff hopes on the line. It seemed like a game where the Browns sent the message of, don't get your hopes up, fans. There's no magic at the end of the season here. Um and in the end, this team is who they've been all year, which is their average at best. They lack leadership from the coaching staff. They're completely undisciplined, at times disinterested. They play uninspired football, and no single player was ever going to save them um, from themselves. Uh, there's just too many flaws. And what hurts Browns fans the most is the fact that it isn't a personal a personnel issue. It, it's clear that we have one of the most talented ro- rosters in the NFL, I would say. Um, Easily. But what this coaching staff does week after week and the product that they ultimately put on the field has been absolutely horrendous. Uh, Browns fans deserve better, I would say, because after all the shit and all the heartbreak and so many of them realizing that we just wasted another year of our lives rooting for a team that we're always waiting for next year, guess what? We'll be back next year. Uh, We'll be back next year and we'll be loud and proud and, and optimistic as ever that the perpetual next year will actually be next year. Um, 
And you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. So when people talk about Cleveland fans and say they're insane, I would, I would say that they're right. Uh, but for some unfathomable reason, us as Clevelanders are proud of that fact. Hey, hey. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so while we are sad and hurt and disappointed and angry and fed up right now, um, and we're venting against the coaches, we'll be back next year. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week. We'll be back the following week and we'll be back next year in the following year and every year after that. And we'll be as insane as ever waiting for next year to finally come. But in the meantime, for the love of God, please do whatever it takes to find a competent coaching staff that doesn't bring us down week after week. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot I can disagree with there. Um, they just, that team looks disinterested. They have for a while. And again, I, I go back to the things that aren't even on the field. The, the locker room issues that we've heard yeah. of, the guys not being accountable. I mean, look, I love Miles, but what are you doing and uh, just speeding around in the rain in a port, like in the middle of the season? Right. You, you're, you're the face of the franchise. Like you have to lead by example. Um, the, the players only meetings, the, the fact that you couldn't figure out how to work Odell Beckham into this offense. It was really, really easy to blame Baker for all these problems last year, but none of those problems went away. David and Joku wanted a trade. Kareem Hunt wanted a trade. Why don't these guys want to be here? The right. only reason we kept them was because we said, Hey, sorry, you're under contract. We're not going to trade you, yep. but they didn't want to be here. And it seems I, I've mentioned it a couple times already, but I just hitting the nail on the head again. It seems like the only consistency you get with Kevin Stefanski is inconsistency. <laughs> like that's it. That's what you get. You get inconsistency and undisciplined football. Look, I think he'll be a good offensive coordinator somewhere else. I think he's a fine offensive coordinator. I just think that he's, he's not a head coach. What he's proven in Cleveland is that he can't handle everything that goes with being a head coach somewhere. No. When you're the head coach, you have to be the CEO. And he's not that. And he's not that. Everybody thinks CEO is an easy job. If it's, all it's, he has to focus on is being the offensive coordinator, I think he's fine. Yeah. I think he would be I think he would be fine. And I think that's that's how he built a reputation in Minnesota, right? Like he he was good at that side of the game. But you can't not care about the other phases of the game when you're the head coach. And you can't not care about leadership and culture and just your players having the right attitude and discipline coming into each and every week. And this team week in and week out. And again, on Sunday had 10 penalties and a hundred yards and you can't win games like that. And guys like this isn't rocket science. And this isn't the NFL that we've known for the last 20 years. That was dominated by Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and dominated by Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin. This NFL is up for grabs. This, oh, you see it week in and week out this year. There's no dynasties left. Maybe Kansas Patrick City. Mahomes yeah. and, and Andy Reid in Kansas City. But but they're beatable. They've proven it multiple times. Cincinnati the beat years. them last week. Right. Like, they're not infallible. These the, the game has never been, there's never been more parity in the game today. And it's easily identifiable by just looking at the goddamn standings. The Detroit Lions are in a playoff hunt. Yeah. The NFC South could literally go to any one of those four teams and it's week 14. Yeah. So um the fact that you're in a population of about four or five teams that have no chance at a postseason at this point in the season all comes back especially to coaching with 
the high hopes that we had in the preseason and the amount of talent that's on this roster. Because you still even, have. Even with the fact that you're waiting for Deshaun Watson. Because you still have enough talent. I mean, here's, yeah. the, thi- here's the thing that's a serious question is if Baker Mayfield were still here, what's your record this year? Are you, are you, is it the same or I mean, worse? I don't think so. I would so. say it's probably better. And I'm not a Baker guy at all. As a matter of fact, like I'm, I'm happy that the, the, well, that he's gone just because of like the, the, the baggage that I think he brings along with you. But to your point, those problems are gone and he's, and we still have those problems and, like and, but in a different way. And you know, what's fascinating about all that is the media created such a narrative about Baker being a bad locker room guy, but I saw an awful lot of tweets from teammates in Carolina and in Cleveland um, that wished him well after the big win on Thursday night football. I mean, th- that that yeah. wasn't there. Were, those weren't guys that hated Baker. Well, hell, he went to he went to Carolina and he was a captain of their team. Yeah, I mean, the the, the tweets were rolling in from all over from guys that that respected him as a teammate and a quarterback. So even if he were here, this, this is beside the point. Even if he were here playing mediocre at quarterback, but healthy, and you were potentially in the playoff race or headed making a playoff run this year, and we'd have and you have all the draft picks. picks. Yeah, so. I mean, you, well, and, you, and, and that's not to so, and I will preface that, or, or I should say, I will caveat that with the fact that I'm not saying that it's a mistake what what they did yet, but what I will say is the coaching has been so poor that we haven't been able to succeed with what we've done. So well, like I just think it's the wrong application of a solution because Deshaun Watson still isn't going to stop a flea flicker. Deshaun Watson <laughs> right. could be the best quarterback in the league next year. He can't tackle no-name running backs in Atlanta. Yeah. He he can't play defense against Jamar Chase. No. Like he 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 doesn't manage the special teams unit. So I it it I think the problem is the quarterback wasn't the problem. I, no, it, not at we, all. It, we, it was easy to blame Baker, but I think Baker, Jacoby, Deshaun they can all plug in and they can all they're all capable of having good games. Yep. They the quarterback position is not why you were losing. No. Baker with one arm playing Green Bay throwing four picks. Okay, he lost that game. But he didn't <laughs> lose every game. The, Baker wasn't the problem with his team last year. And he's certainly not the problem this year because he's not on the roster. Kevin Stefanski is your problem. Yeah. So I guess I mean, you know, we we've uh I think we've hit on this subject enough and i think we are going to just go ahead and move on even though we're still fired up we're still upset we're gonna move i'm not on. ready to move on all right keep going you don't you don't get to be a head coach just because because you call yourself a head coach he's <laughs> he's an offensive coordinator if i'd like to take pictures of hot girls on the beach that doesn't make me a photographer <laughs> it makes me it makes me a creep it does make you a creep that's, that's weird man don't kevin stefanski is a creep he's a creep pretending to be a head coach dang Feels bad, Kevin. Now I'm done. All right. So any other Browns notes? I've got nothing. Oh, wait, wait. I do have something. So Carly Teller, wife of Wyatt Teller, uh, sends Christmas Christmas cards out to a few hundred fans every year. This year, we were lucky enough to be on that list that got a Christmas card. So I'll just go ahead and hold this up, let you all see. This is what they send out every year. And she's like 
really pregnant right now, right? Like they're oh yeah, just they're due like any day. They're due like to, yeah, like today, yeah. basically. Awesome. Um, so it's, it says Merry Christmas on it for anybody listening to the audio version here. Merry Christmas on it. Picture of uh, Carly and Wyatt Teller holding up a uh, mini Teller jersey to announce their their pregnancy. So. Little Teller. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that we got a Christmas card from the Tellers. Merry Christmas to you as well. Absolutely. Um, and then that'll take us to the Burning River Sportscast Dog of the Week. This is like the fun segment. Like this is like a good part, but like I'm so down after oh, that I know. last I was, segment. I was, I was just gonna say, I'm like so I should have I should have shifted this up in the show just so that we didn't have to mix. But Miles um, Garrett is this week's Dog of the Week. Um, he had two more sacks in this one, which takes him to 12 on the year. He is firmly in the defensive player of the year conversation. Um, and I would say if the Browns were any good whatsoever, he would probably actually be talked about a lot more, but we trash. Yeah. So I think, um, that, I think that hurts him in the overall conversation because his, his stats this year are, are pretty good. Yeah. I mean, um, unless he goes balls to the wall the rest of the season and, and really, uh, if he doubles his stat and his sack, yeah, like if, if he weeks. ends up somehow breaking the, the, he gets a the six, sack record six then, sacker in the next four weeks, then, then he might, uh, you know, jump to the front of the list, but as it stands right now, the Browns have just lost too much for him to really be considered for defensive player of the year. I mean, he'll be in the conversation, yeah. but nobody's seriously going to consider him. He'll probably finish like third. Yeah. And I think what's unfortunate too, is like now that you're out of the playoff hunt, I don't even know that it makes sense to have him on the field a lot. I mean, I think the next four weeks and we'll talk more about this as the show goes on, but I think the next few weeks are about, Sean Watson? Well, just the depth and seeing what else you have in some of these other players and seeing if they can develop and what you think because in the offseason, you're going to have to make a lot of tough decisions because we know there are some holes on this team. Yeah. You know what scares me with uh, Miles Garrett here is if you listen to him talk and just how fed, fed up he is with losing, um, you know, I would not be surprised if in the offseason he tried to force his way out. No. Like whether it's a trade or, or just, you know, whatever the case may be, he holds out or whatever. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't really know what a holdout looks like for that if you just want to leave. But I mean, yeah, I would not be surprised if he forced himself out of Cleveland in and the offseason. I wouldn't blame him. No. I mean, I feel the same way. Honestly, I feel the same way about Nick Chubb. Yeah. Like, I mean, we keep, we keep saying next year, next year, next year. Okay. Well, at some point, you have. Yeah. Guys on your team. Next year, next year, if Kevin Stefanik's still here, we still won't give Nick Chubb 20 <laughs> carries a game, and Miles Garrett will still be playing in meaningless games because we're going to lose them all in the end. Yeah. So, um, so that feels bad. Yeah. I mean, you about Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb. Those are you have two guys right now. You don't even have to say anything else. If you have those two guys, those are like some <laughs> of the best building blocks you could think of. Well, I'm just saying, you have two guys with. Hall of Fame potential on your team. Yeah. How many teams in the NFL right now have two guys that are are possibly going to be in the Hall of Fame? Now, Nick Chubb won't because Kevin Stefanski won't give him the ball. Um, <laughs> True. But Jesus, I mean, if you just wasting, pounded that guy wasting. into the ground, you'd win a bunch of games and he would absolutely be a Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Fame talent. And Miles, because he has the stats to back it up, will be in the Hall. But there, there's not a lot of teams that have just that going for them right now sorry i'm checking the monday nighter and uh kyler murray just go down with a non-contact non-contact uh injury that's not oh yeah good. kyler murray definitely just tore a cl <laughs> cls are never good you heard it here first well you won't hear, hear it till thursday so you heard it somewhere else first but <laughs> anyways that takes us to the division roundup 
All right. So Baltimore squeaked past Pittsburgh this week. Uh, both starting quarterbacks in this one got hurt. Uh, Lamar Jackson, as you know, didn't play anyways. Um, and then uh, Huntley got hurt in this one. I believe that was a concussion. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pickens, I uh, believe, ha- also has a concussion. Through one pass. Which they're going to be in some weird trouble because he like or, – or, I don't know if it's the Steelers are questioning the protocol or whatever because he came out, cleared protocol, went back in, and then immediately came back out again and had to go into protocol. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on there. Um, but either way, uh, Baltimore improved to nine and four and keeps pace with Cincinnati in the division. And Kenny was right and I was wrong. But that takes us to the Browns game, uh, which we already recapped. So uh, I picked that right and Kenny picked it wrong. So we both went one and one this week. Excellent. We'll revisit this here soon, but for now, let's take a trip around the NFL. Classic. Uh, all right. So this week around the NFL, it's pretty much all about quarterbacks. Uh, we got Baker Mayfield. Released last Monday from the Panthers, signed Tuesday with the Rams, got his playbook and got his playbook sent to him before his flight out on Tuesday to, to California. Uh, less than 48 hours with the team, gets in the game in relief on Thursday Night Football and proceeds to lead a game-winning drive. He was under a minute with no timeouts and 97 yards to go. Pretty impressive. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was the longest drive in the shortest amount of time in like forty five years. <laughs> um, it and it was impressive. Um, I didn't. I, I watched bits and pieces of that game, and then I watched most of the first fourth quarter. Um, and Baker wasn't great for most of the game, but to be fair, he knew like six plays. Um, uh, I actually wrote that. I said uh, this. This was like a microcosm of Baker Mayfield's whole career. <sighs> this game was. It was. It was. He played pretty poorly throughout, and then all of a sudden, flashes of brilliance, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's in there!" And I don't even really like played poorly throughout. He just didn't like. It was pretty low completion percentage, like a lot of short passes. It was typical Baker. And then all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they just didn't do a whole lot on offense in general, but that game was kind of like that because that's what he does though. He's he's messy. He did that at the end of the game and now they're going to spend the next six weeks hoping he does it again. And he might not, (laughs) I guess we'll see, but, but good on him. Look, he's, he's had a rough go of it the last 16 months or so. Um, He was due for something good to happen in his life. So good, good on Baker. Fair. Um, another quarterback we love to talk about here on the Burning River Sportscast, uh, Russell Wilson <laughs> finally has a decent game. Uh, the, the Broncos were able to hang with the chiefs in this one, but in the end he got a concussion and the Broncos lose again. Did you see the knot on his head? No. Oh man. It was like, <laughs> it was like a boil on his forehead. Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> let's hide. All right, so, and then we got Brock Purdy over there in San Francisco. (laughs) Who in the hell is Brock Purdy? Listen, there are only two ways you can describe this team's trajectory right now. Brock solid or Purdy good? He was, (laughs) he was phenomenal. And in fact, watching that game and then going back and looking at the stat line, I was almost like, I, I swear he was way better than that because his numbers weren't overly impressive. Yeah, I think he threw like yeah. 185 yards in the game and, and a two touchdowns. That's where so. we've talked about the eye test a lot. But man, on our show, I mean, and, his his command uh, and his confidence right, and the right. way he carries himself on the field and the way he was just zipping balls in like into cover. He was like, I don't care. I guess when you're Mr. Irrelevant, you've got nothing to lose. So <laughs> I told my mom 
<laughs> my mom was confused and thought Baker got traded to the 49ers. And, uh, no, wrong, like, wrong, wrong California team. <laughs> she was like, I guess we'll get to watch Baker at four. And I said, no, Baker played on Thursday. Um, and so I laid it out for her. I said, Brock Purdy <laughs> is 22 years old. Tom Brady's played in the league for 23 years. Um, <laughs> he's Mr. Irrelevant. And I don't think she knew what Mr. Irrelevant meant. Um, thanks for not watching last week's episode, mom. Um, can never, <laughs> and you got, uh, you had one job, Tina. And then in the fourth quarter of that game, after Brock Purdy had played Purdy good, um, <laughs> he's got a Purdy mouth. <laughs> she texted me and she was like, what was that about an irrelevant quarterback? It's <laughs> like, you don't no, understand. He's, he's Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> Regardless of whether he plays well or not, he's still Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> That's his title forever. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we move on. Mike White's Sunday. Let me just, uh, Mike White's Sunday in review here. Um, let me just go through <laughs> it. Uh, he left the game the second quarter after a hit to the ribs. He came back in two plays later. He got hit in the ribs again uh, in in the third quarter and left the game for a second time to get x-rays. Pause. When you say he got hit in the ribs, this man was mauled. Just annihilated. <laughs> like, absolutely demolished. Most of the hits like that have been um, like litigated out of the game. Like this dude was pummeled into the ground <laughs> on both of these plays. It was it was like good old fashioned football that everybody loved to see. Back it was in the like day he that get, you just don't see anymore. It, he got drilled and my phone lit up with like RIP texts. <laughs> and then he came back. He came back. They did it again. That's where we're at. So he came back in the third quarter. <laughs> Uh, or he came back two plays later and then got hit in the ribs again. Was he pummeled again? Pummeled. Pummeled again. My phone lit up with the RIP text again. It was in RIP the third two. quarter, left the game for a second time to get x-rays, returned at the start of the fourth quarter and finished the game. But once the game was over, he left in an ambulance <laughs> because he was sent to the hospital for testing for potential internal injuries. I mean, this dude, talk about just... Just that dude's playing for his toughness. career right now. He's, I mean, he's like, you know, I'm finally getting another shot. I got to make the most of it. He's the best quarterback on that roster. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, Zach Wilson's Zach not Wilson good. is trash. And plus, he's out there just banging dudes' moms. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that's never good as a leader of the team. Got to respect that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just absolute toughness. This guy was absolutely just pummeled, drilled, demolished. Any word you can think of to describe a bad hit in the NFL. I can't even think of the words to describe the way this man was just absolutely Do you have a couple screenshots you can throw up there? I'll throw throw a couple of them, but I don't think it it doesn't have the same effect as just watching it because just the way he hit the ground. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That leads us to the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Since week nine, he is 125 of 174. That's good for 72.3%. 72 plus. He's thrown for 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns, and no interceptions. I think it's safe to say Trevor Lawrence has officially arrived in the NFL. Look, I don't know if he's arrived or not yet, but he's certainly played dang well over the last few weeks, and Jacksonville might finally have themselves a quarterback. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the the problem is the same problem that like um, just bad teams, like good quarterbacks on bad teams have. He's on a bad team. So yeah, fair. Um, 
he'll only be able to go as far as uh, you, you know. It's like Deshaun doesn't play defense or special teams, so right he can be really good, but will still be bad. Yeah. So next up, we got Justin Herbert. Huge day and a win over Miami. 39 of 51 for 367 yards and a touchdown. And it was the first time all season that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams played an entire game together. And they did not disappoint 18 catches for 208 yards and a touchdown between them. Yeah. I watched that game um, last night and that was one of the best quarterback performances I've seen in a while. It just start to finish made every throw from every angle um scrambled and got out of trouble a couple of times uh, picked up key first downs on on the run uh dude was just absolutely in the zone and uh it was it was fun to watch yep uh, another quarterback that's out there playing well jalen hurts another easy win for the eagles uh and this this dude's teammates uh were joking and dancing uh as they were skating to victory in this one on the sideline and if you about four feet down zoom in on Jalen Hurts, he's just stone face on the bench, all business, just no chill. <laughs> I mean, he's on a mission this year, I would say. Strictly business. He needs that mustache. Yeah, put that put that screenshot of him just dead eye. <laughs> oh, I thought you wanted the screenshot of the Browns doing a strictly business mustache. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you can throw it up there. Um, and then we got Tom Brady. I think he's finally found a team so bad that he can't cover up all their blemishes. Uh, but 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 speaking of that division, the Buccaneers lead that division Still at six place. and seven, and may win the division with a losing record this year. That division is so bad that the Carolina Panthers are in second place at five and eight. Carolina five and eight, Atlanta five and eight, New Orleans four and nine. Literally any team could still win that division. That's wild. and probably whichever team wins that division will be under five hundred and host a playoff game. Yeah, that's wild. And then uh, that leaves us with Jared Goff, who went off for 330 yards and three touchdowns as the Lions uh, have officially made themselves a playoff contender as they upset the Minnesota Vikings. They're in the hunt. Look, we said at the beginning of this season that um, it, the Lions, don't sleep on the Lions. Like, they're, are they their the offense best, is good. They, are their they defense the best trash, team but their in the league? Good. No, but they, they could make some noise. Um, and I think I said at the time, Jared, they'll go as far as Jared Goff will take them. I mean, he's the wild card in that scenario because there are days he plays really well. Hell, Sean McVay had him in the Super Bowl. Um, and then there's days where he will just throw four picks in for 16 yards. So, yeah, it was a bad day. Um, <laughs> and we just uh, a few minutes ago mentioned it, but the final quarterback news that I have is we just watched on Monday Night Football, football Kyler Murray went down with what is sure to be from the replays a uh, CL tear uh, some sort of CL tear and I'm sure Kyler Mir- Mil- Kyler Murray is done for the season. Yeah, that that wasn't good. Um carted off for sure. Yeah. Um, Which brings in Colt McCoy. But why? <laughs> Colt has made himself a lot of money in this league being a good backup. Journeyman. Um I will say just as as we look over that whole segment um something that sticks out to me. What's up? Uh, Baker Mayfield being in LA for 48 hours and having a, a good game. If, if you get to from his stat line, like he didn't start that game. Um, so he True. came in at the end of the first quarter. Um, to be fair, they only gave the other guy one series and then they were like, all right, we're going to Baker Mayfield. Well, he had a broken neck. Um, <laughs> and, uh, 
Brock Purdy in San Francisco playing as well as he did, here's two guys that have absolutely no business playing well. I think yeah, here we are. I think the difference is coaching. Oh yeah, I, I mean, mean that's I two places where you got decent. coaches. People want to give Kevin Stefanski credit for um, you know being some kind of quarterback guru, but like that was the eye test. Watch those two games and watch the job those guys did. That's what a good coach gets you. Well, and here's where we get into as the season wraps up for the Browns, and we're we we are testing out Deshaun Watson. I expect there to be a lot of games where we pass 45 times a game because they're just trying to see, you know, just how good he can be. What, what does the narrative get to at the end of the season? If we're still playing like garbage, Deshaun Watson isn't back to form yet. And we've thrown the ball 45 times a game. It's going to be a long off season. Is Kevin Stefanski still a quarterback guru? I don't think so. Um, finally in around the league here though, uh, I met, we mentioned it last week, but I'm just going to mention it again. We have a Saturday triple header this week on the NFL network. Uh, no, we are not sponsored by them and, uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to say their name, but I did it anyways. Um, and that's the Colts versus Vikings at one Ravens versus Browns. Yes. The Browns are a part of this triple header at four 30. And the Dolphins and Bills at eight fifteen PM, which would be a that should be a pretty good game. This is my favorite time of year for football, um, just because you we, get football like every day of the week, every day. Yeah, um, I was just my, my poor mom and her naivete. She was like, "Why would they play games on Saturday?" I was like, "Because no matter what is on TV on any day, if you put it up against an NFL football game, it loses. It loses. <laughs> like they make yeah. so much money." And they make the, the rules. The more days that they can have NFL football on, they they have the best product on TV. Well, and the best part is they just they're like, we're gonna play a Saturday game. The network, you know what they say? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> sounds good <laughs> so to me. We'll do it. So I love this time of year when they flex these games on Saturday and even through like the first couple rounds of the playoffs, just because yep. we'll have football Saturday and Sunday, every especially, week. and especially now because like once you get to the playoffs in the end of the season, you lose Monday night football yep. and Thursday night football. So to have Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, I wish the Browns were good, but we suck. Do you need to change your underwear? Uh, I'm not wearing any. Weird. (laughs) So that'll do it for our week 14 coverage. Let's go ahead and take our revenue break and get into week 15. Topath Distillery. Topath Distillery, the newest craft distillery in Northeast Ohio. Located in Akron and family-owned, Topath Distillery focuses on high-quality spirits carefully made in small batches. Topath's lineup includes an ultra-smooth award-winning premium vodka, a small-batch silver rum made from the highest-grade molasses, an American craft gin made with nine botanicals, and a blended straight bourbon made from corn and rye. Topath Distillery. Visit topath-distillery.com to find an agency near you where the spirits are available and make sure to ask your local bartender and restaurateur. Topath Distillery. Handcrafted. Small batch, local, and family-owned. Topat Distillery. And when you go there, you don't even have to wear underwear. It's not a requirement. I don't think that's a requirement just about anywhere. (laughs) Well, it's not there either. So, selling point. Fair. (laughs) Value add. All right, let's get into the Week 15 preview. All right, so we got the Ravens this week, another division matchup. But guess what? That doesn't matter because we're out of the playoffs anyways. Not mathematically, but I think we've got like less than 1% chance. As soon as the Ravens or the Bengals win another game, we've been eliminated. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not mathematically yeah. eliminated yet, but we are eliminated. It's. So I guess the rest of the season, probably what the goal is, uh, and I kind of mentioned it a minute ago, is is you let Deshaun Watson probably throw the ball 45 times a game, which means we all just be angry. We'll all just be angry the whole time because Nick Chubb's not getting his carries, and they're going to uh, probably uh, open up the offense, whatever the hell that means for Stefanik. Well, and here's my thing is, frankly, I don't care if Nick Chubb touches the ball at all for the rest of the year. Yeah, you've been saving his legs to this point in the season. Why give the ball to <laughs> we him We saved his legs so long that we've saved his legs out of playoff yeah, contention. Might as well keep him fresh for next year because the life of a running back in the NFL isn't that long. Why don't we just shut him down and run, st- run uh, uh, a Kareem Hunt the rest of the season? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think that's going to be a serious question over the next couple of weeks and, and maybe for the next one or two weeks. But on the flip side of that, I hate to do that to Nick Chubb because this is his career and he's Again, a Hall of Famer. I understand, but we're we're all playing for next year, right? That was what we said. We said we would rather not be in playoff contention, trade away all of our draft picks, deal with a bunch of negative publicity, and lose this year. That was that was our choice. That's what we wanted. And all for next year. And for the most part, Browns fans were okay with it at the time. They were excited about it. We're mad now. <laughs> and you're mad now. So like you don't even get to be mad. Shut up. Um, but you can't be mad. We're all Browns fans and we're mad. Well, I'm mad because we're wasting the talent that we do have. I agree. But you can't make a move like the move for Deshaun and then not go, well, what did you think was going to happen? He missed the first 11 games. Yeah. So I, guess, I, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll preview this matchup. Not that it really matters, but, but do you got any opposition research before I get into the position matchups? Um, no. All right. No, we played them once this year already. We know what they have. Yep. Um, we know that this is a defense that, um, Got a lot better with the free agent acquisition. We know also that we're not even sure who we're playing at quarterback because Lamar definitely is out. Tyler Huntley's in the concussion protocol, and um, what Anthony, Anthony Brown? Brown? I I don't know who, who knows? that is or if he's any good. Um, yeah, through like four passes on Sunday. So the only the only matchups that I think are even worth mentioning is the Browns front seven versus the Ravens rushing attack. J.K. Dobbins is now back and healthy. J.K. He, had a good he looked game. very very good this last week. Um, but the Browns are trash against the run, so we'll see what happens. I mean, if we can't slow him down, then we're going to lose to a team that has no quarterback. It will, and like I said, I think there should be, there should start to be. It's not that we have to sit these guys on the bench for the rest of the year, but there should start to be a concerted effort to limit the reps for guys like Miles. Yeah. Um, that that you need healthy for next year, guys like Denzel. Just because there's no the sense worst thing in, that could happen from now until the end of the year is for one of them to tear a CL. Oh yeah, I mean if Miles Garrett tore his Achilles, oh. I mean that would be devastating. And here's here's the problem with waiting for next year. That shit can always happen. Yeah. So we could get to next year with Deshaun and Stefanik and Prefer and Joe Woods and be all ready to take on the NFL. And if Miles Garrett tears his Achilles in Week One, then it's what? Over. Guess we'll wait till next year. <laughs> always next year. Oh yeah year next year all right so uh the only other one that i had here uh, it wasn't a position matchup but just uh, uh note in general is deshaun watson versus the crowd and the rust um yes this is a home game but i still expect there to be a lot of disgruntled browns fans uh in the stadium did just you, just disgruntled by the fact that he's playing at all did you see the somebody snuck in and no means no 
uh, sign during the Browns broadcast. Oh, yeah. And they panned to it for about a second. I and- pointed to it, and I said, oh, the NFL's trying to keep those out of like the broadcast and stuff, but that guy got them. They quickly were like, oh, got to get off that. Yeah. Yeah, that guy that guy really got him. Um, but yeah, I expect there to be some unruly crowd uh, noise for him. So just want to see how he handles that yeah, in the, the home stadium. The, the other it's not ma- something you usually have to deal with at home. So the other matchup that I'm interested in seeing is just how Harbaugh deals with his quarterback situation. <laughs> because whether it's Huntley or the name's Powers, Chad Powers, or Anthony Brown or whoever. Um, like they're they're a contending team looking to win the division and make the playoffs, and you have a less than ideal situation at quarterback. Well, so. with no quarterback this past week, they beat the Steelers, who <laughs> I think I mean they're pretty much on par with the Browns as far as how good they are. I, I guess so. I mean we have the same record, so true. Um, but yeah, so overall the Ravens they're a nine and four team uh, tied for the division lead. Uh, obviously they're a good football team, but without a starting quarterback, without a possibly without a second string quarterback at this point. <laughs> Um, but with all that being said, it's sad to say that we are still going to need a much better game, uh, from Deshaun Watson and the offense as a whole, Kevin Stefanski and the coaching staff, uh, in order to get a win in this one. I mean, we probably need 20 carries from Nick Chubb, which we're not going to get, won't get it. um, we're going to need really no mistakes from Deshaun. Um, and we're just gonna have to play a good football game. And I just have no confidence that that's what we're going to do. So um <laughs> yeah i mean that's fair. where we're at fair uh so let's uh that takes us to the injury report we'll run through that real quick all right on the brown side kenny do we have any new additions um so we talked about amari cooper at the top um with his hip with his hip aggravated the hip injury um old man river <laughs> he's not there's his hip problems yeah. <laughs> um yeah so he aggravated <laughs> aggravated the hip um and jok uh sustained a leg injury late in sunday's loss to since apparently so, getting mris so that might be serious um yeah i haven't heard anything yet today but he was scheduled for an mri on monday um so i guess we'll watch that throughout the week um to see what comes of it um but otherwise, the rest of the Browns injuries are already guys that are on the IR. Yeah, so. we know about them. Um, on Baltimore's side, we got Kevin Zeitler will be out. Uh, Lamar Jackson most likely out again. Uh, backup QB, we, like we mentioned, Tyler Huntley, uh, potentially out in concussion protocol. And that means Anthony Brown will possibly, whoever that guy is, will possibly be starting unless they sign somebody else between now and then. So, Yeah, I, I wouldn't overlook the Kevin Zeitler um injury i mean he's one of the better um offensive linemen in the league at this point and well you know you know we mentioned it for the time that he will be playing um especially with us being out of the playoff hunt at this point miles garrett's gonna look to feast on everybody well yeah and and he's got to be stacked and you're gonna have an an experienced quarterback back there so experienced quarterback you're down a lineman that should set up well for miles garrett let's put that in a position matchup (laughs) whoever replaces kevin zeitler this week versus miles garrett kevin zeitler is the leading vote getter for the pro bowl right now for his position so that takes me to the player to watch who do you got this week uh look i think it's gonna be i don't know who the player to watch is but i think it's gonna be somebody that 
we aren't talking about. Fair. I think this point in the season, we're going to start lots to see... Lots of injuries, lots of... And just the fact that where we are, I think we're going to see different people show up in different spots. I think you might see Jerome Ford get some carries this week. Uh, Demers Johnson may show up. I think it'll be like nice. one of those guys or um, could be could be a guy like David Bell. It could be I hope so. somebody that's that we're not thinking about right now is probably who's going to have an impactful game on Sunday because we're just going to have to start getting reps to some, some of those guys that haven't seen a lot of playing time this year. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's probably a really shitty like cop out, but that's my answer. Well, before, (laughs) before, uh, or during last week's podcast, I said that I wasn't going to pick Deshaun Watson anymore, but that was before we lost to Cincinnati and now we're pretty much out of the playoffs. And so my player to watch is once again, Deshaun Watson. And I think it's probably honestly going to be for the rest of the season. Um, Again, that sounds like a pretty bad cop-out, but the fact of the matter is, in order to calm Browns fans down a little bit about this guy, you're going to have to see glimpses of the pro bowler that he was in Houston before the end of the season. Well, this is the only thing that we have to hang on to between now and the end, until next year. Yeah, and, and like I said just a minute ago, we're going to need a pretty damn good game from him, regardless if we're going to win this one. Um, and... I fully expect Kevin Stefanski to, from this point forward, abandon the run pretty much and lean into this whole Deshaun Watson thing. And we're going to be throwing the ball 40 to 45 times a game. He shouldn't. Uh. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's um, I wrote down just in my game notes this week that if Kevin Stefanski had Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes on his roster, like that would be his wet dream because he would just never run the ball again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like if he had a quarterback that he could just, I think we're there not running the ball ever again. Like he would just, I think never we're run. there, if, especially if Deshaun Watson can return to that form before the end of the season, which I, I think it'll take the rest of the season for him to get there. Um, but if he gets there sooner, Kevin Stefanski is going to be so happy because that's all he's going to do is throw the ball forever. Um, so there's that. So I, I just think Deshaun Watson's the guy to watch because if we're going to win this game, it's going to be a shootout and Deshaun Watson's going to have 400 yards and throw for four touchdowns. If Deshaun Watson throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns, we better win because we're playing some guy named Anthony Brown. Well, yeah, I agree. So but, if we get into a shootout, but we also Anthony can't Brown. stop the run. So JK Dobbins is going to run for 300 yards and three touchdowns. So well, that's still less than four. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that takes us to the King of the North. King of the North. All right, so let's go ahead and remind everybody of the tally here, your favorite part of the show. Here we, go. we both went one and one this last week, so I am now 28 and 16, sitting pretty with Kenny down there at 21 and 23. You're sitting pretty, Brock Purdy. But, uh, so let's go ahead and get into the predictions for this week. The AFC North, Steelers at Panthers for the first one. I'm go, you, you can go first, actually. <laughs> You hate picking the Steelers, so I'll let you go first. Oh, Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky uh, came in and <laughs> threw promptly threw three picks in that game. Uh, He's so pretty bad. The Panthers are an absolute dumpster fire, but they are in the thick of a playoff race. So <laughs> somehow, I'm with the go- <laughs> same record as the Steelers, they're in the thick of a playoff race. I'm going to go with the Panthers over the Steelers this week because I don't know that uh, Kenny Pickums is going to be able to play because I think he's in the concussion protocol. And if Mitch Trubisky gets to play, I think he's shown all year that he's just not a good fit for that Steelers offense. And, uh, and the Panthers amazingly have something to play for at this point in the season still. I will give you that the Panthers have something to play for. I don't think it matters. Um, while they are trash and while Pittsburgh is trash, it, 
this game is going to be the worst game I've ever seen ever. <laughs> so I don't know. I just in a toss up. I'm, I'm just going to go with the Steelers one more time here. So we split picks there. Um, Bengals at Buccaneers. Who you got? So I still don't think that the buck, the Bengals are that good. I know they just beat us. Um, soundly. And I know that they are kind of peaking at the right time because everybody's talking about them making a play, making a Super Bowl run again. They've won like five in a row. Um, but I do actually think that, um, I think that Tom Brady is now a desperate Tom Brady. Um, so similar to the Panthers. Um, in football and in life. I, I think that uh, his desperation may lead them to a victory over the Bengals this week. I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. I got the Bengals continuing to roll. They beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, but everybody else in that division loses as well. So <laughs> they stay they stay number one in the playoffs for that division. Um, and then finally, the Ravens at the Browns. Who you got? Uh, I'm actually going to go, despite everything that we've said today, I'm actually going to go with the Browns um, because mostly because of the, I don't know who the quarterback is going to be. And if it's one of two guys that probably aren't very good. Um, and also it's the, the pressure is now off for the Browns. There's nothing to play True. for. This is usually when we play. So well. this is where they're going to look like world beaters. Yeah. And, All yeah. this, like they might, they might now run the table and we'll be like, well, damn, we missed it by we a game. We missed it by a game. Uh, like that's what they do every so year. The Browns um, are literally just a walking human rain delay. And they, that's what they're bringing on Sunday. Fair. I actually have the Browns for all of the same reasons. So we picked this one the same. Man, after all that, we are just typical Browns fans and we, we shit all over the Browns and then we pick them to win. (laughs) We just against the division leaders. Did we just shit on the Browns for an hour and 25 minutes just to pick them, (laughs) just to pick them to win? Yes, we did. (laughs) That's just how hopeless our lives have become. Yep. So let's go ahead and take a quick, uh, one more quick revenue break before we get back and wrap up the show. Oh, you 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 hold that. No, you hold it up. It's hard. I'll do it. It's hard to hold. Topath vodka. An ultra-premium, extremely smooth, high-quality vodka. Six times distilled and made from Midwest corn and Ohio fruit. Clean and crisp, a truly high-quality spirit made right here in Northeast Ohio. Topath Vodka. Go on and get some. I don't know how well I did. I was reading, looking. I was doing all that all at once. I was checking our DoorDash order. It came 10 minutes ago. Dang. We got to get up there and eat. Just have to wrap this up. Keep eating. Uh, <laughs> we don't really have anything in for the land. Should we just do the sounder just to do the sounder? Uh, yeah, we'll hit the sounder. For the land. Yeah, the Cavs are still playing. Um, nothing of note this week. I mean, um, I would just know that they're 17 and 10, still in the third seed in the East. No, about where so, we said they'd be. Um, still trying to get healthy. Yep. Uh, so let's let's close this thing out. What can we expect next week, Kenny? Next week, we will recap the Browns and the Ravens game, and then we will look forward to previewing the Browns versus the Saints. If our whole show sounded just like that, it'd be the worst show in the history of podcasts. <laughs> Uh, but our social media pages, uh, you can find tap in media on Facebook and Twitter at the tap in media and on Instagram at tap in media official. Uh, and you can find burning river sportscast. That's this podcast 
on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning River Sportscast, and on Twitter at Burning River Pod. Pod. Uh, you could also find the podcast itself wherever you get your podcasts Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Castro, and so many more. Um, <clears throat> have you ever been to an IKEA? I have. Great meatballs. Do you know what IKEA stands for? No, actually, I don't. Something Swedish? Ingvar Kampard Elmtard Agenyard. That sounds explicit. <laughs> uh, I probably just butchered all those names. Um, but what does that mean? The founder of IKEA was Ingvar Kamprad. His farm was called Elmtard. Tired, tired. And the village nearby was Agenyard. So IKEA is literally dude's name, his farm, and where he's from. I K E A. Great. Fascinating. Um, also, how do you feel about baby gays? How do I feel about what? <laughs> ba- baby gays. You'll have to elaborate. Uh, in 1923, uh, Leo Gertzenzang um, invented, well, well, his wife invented. My dude. Yeah, Leo's wife invented, um, invented baby gays uh, when she stuck cotton on the end of toothpicks and used it to clean their baby's ears. Genius, he thought. And by 1926, baby gays were hitting mass production. Realized soon, baby gays wasn't really a marketable <laughs> name. And so at the time, he changed the name to Q-Tips Baby Gays. Because that's normally how you make something less complicated and more marketable. You just add words to it. Add words to it. Um, and then soon thereafter, in the next iteration, dropped baby gays altogether and just became iconic Q-tips. Q for quality. Quality tips. Quality tips. In your ear. Do you enjoy there's, Q- there's a sex joke in there. <laughs> quality quality tips in your ear. So now how do you feel about baby gays? Much better. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I wasn't around in 1923, so I, I don't know. Um, obviously, the phonetics. Uh, I mean, not that I felt have, bad about baby gays to begin with. I just, I, I just feel like I understand baby gays. Language more. has changed quite a bit, so I was just trying to figure out like what exact, like, was it like happy baby, like in 1923. That's what I guess. <laughs> this is how you make your baby happy. Uh, sounds explicit in 2022. A hundred years almost. Wow, it's been a hundred years since the Q-tip was invented. Good job, buddy. Uh, and I mean, finally, good job, buddy's wife. Yeah, his wife did it. He just was the one that thought, I could sell this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally, a few weeks ago, we talked about um, shark attacks and sharks, shark bites being scary. Um, yeah, sharks are scary. But did you know that selfies now account for more deaths each year <laughs> than shark attacks? Dang. 28 deaths each year are related to selfies. What's more dangerous, with- a New Yorker? <laughs> New Yorkers are still the most dangerous because okay. you're more likely to get bitten by a New Yorker than you are to die of a selfie um, than you are to die of a shark bite. But uh, heights being the number one cause um, of the selfie death. I actually just saw an article this morning that a guy was hiking with his wife on some mountain and pulled a, oh, honey, take a picture. Oh, I'm dead. Um, dead. <laughs> so... Uh, Hang glide an accident. What an idiot. idiot. <laughs> I mean, look, obviously that's a joke. So this probably shouldn't joke about dead people. It's not funny. I but, feel bad instantly. Uh, yeah. We're going I'm to, sorry. We're going to hell. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, if you fall off something high, um, 
when you're taking a selfie, that is a problem. But if you're going to be a problem, don't just be a part of the problem. Be the whole problem. And only you can prevent river fires. Burning River. Burning River Sportscast. Burning River. Should we swing? Swing. Should we sing swing it? Should, should we sing it out? Swing, sweet, sweet Stefanski. I was going to sing a real one. Coming for to carry me home. Swing, swing low, sweet Stefanski. Coming for to carry me home. Burning You look like that dude from Star Wars. <laughs> George Chewbacca? I no. mean, Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> ja- yeah, like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> That's kind of dumb, man. <laughs> that John Denver's full of shit, man. And totally redeem yourself! I saw that going differently in my mind. <laughs>